1: Glad to have you back. Yes, sir, you heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Kranak. Well,
2: Hector, here's the game plan. You're gonna bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them, straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're gonna bring us two more. And then two more after that every five minutes until one of
1: us passes out. Oh, excellent strategy, sir. Back with you, weekend Editions. here. It's Hale Varsity Radio, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt. Currency brings you Hale Varsity Radio for all your equipment financing needs go currency. We have not dove into the absolute martinis yet, no Bloody Marys. We do bring you Sharpie claws though. Gary Sharp with to round out the 2022 season. Sharpie, good morning. Uh, do you have your sleigh packed for, uh, for all sorts of goodies? How are we doing?
2: I've rested up, all the uh, reindeer are ready to go. Uh, Merry Christmas to uh, you three and all of you listeners.
1: Thank you. Um, so, uh, the uh, gift that keeps on giving, assess this recruiting class, man. You know what? I think considering
2: where it was when um, Matt Rule got the job, and, you know, I mean, Mickey had done a good job of keeping it together, but I think to keep it together and add some pieces that fit your blueprint while you you figure out guys that are on the current roster, how to how to put all them together. I think Nebraska did a really good job. I, I think it showed that they're a good relationship-building uh, unit, that they are uber-confident in their blueprint and what they can do. And they were really aggressive. And, uh, you know, they, they got some guys that you, you think could be gems, like an Eric Fields. I mean, you could tell it in every coach's voice when he talks about him. You know, and then to get Malachi Coleman to stay in the class. I, I think for Nebraska and then yesterday's addition in the portal, it's a really, really good first start class now what you have to happen is two years down the road three years down the road you probably in your first uh your first class as a coach you're at about 35 to 38 percent hit rate if they can get 45 percent out of this class even half the class then i think that's a a great sign moving forward from the recruiting angle for the staff
3: gary sharp with us, hail varsity radio jeff sims is a uh, quarterback transferring in from georgia tech and you uh, Read the message boards and the commentary on Twitter, and people are not impressed with his statistics. Generally speaking, especially completion mm-hmm. percentage, um, but you can't deny the athleticism. Should we judge his statistics considering where he was and how similar to last couple years with Nebraska? He was under a lot of duress, <laughs> as as quarterbacks have been at Nebraska. Um, what do you think about him? Six four two twenty transfer out of G Tech
2: well I've I watched a fair amount of Georgia Tech football and he's got a he's got an arm that he likes to show off and throwing into tight windows and he can run I've always wondered about his decision making because I think his decision making is really really poor. Um, I think they can do something with his arm strength i mean i I will you know you got the two guys that are probably at the head of the quarterback room right now both had the same thing last year where they were running for their lives behind an offensive line. I look at the jeff Sims uh, uh, acquisition, acquisition, and listen to Matt Rule the other day. I mean, you can tell that Matt Rule has watched a lot of him. That the NFL is big, and you know, is is Jeff Sims a placeholder for what could be on the horizon with Dylan Raiola? You know, I, I don't know, and a lot of people I think are reading into, oh, Jeff Sims is Matt Rule's guy. I wouldn't count out Casey Thompson. Now, there's still a lot of unanswered questions there about his health and what he really wants to do, but I, I'm not ready to just hand it off to Jeff Sims because I think. You know, Nebraska, we don't know the quarterbacks. What's going to happen when they're, when they're coached up? Do they make another leap? Is their decision-making better? Are they just better because they have a better relationship with the O.C. in terms of what they can do well and the offensive line is better? There's a lot of question marks out there. But, guys, the great thing about this, we have 250 days before the first game to discuss a, a real quarterback battle at Nebraska that I believe will happen uh, for the first time since Crouch Newcomb.
0: Yeah, Gary, if you're forecasting now, do you think that – the, the quarterback battle is going to be the biggest story of the fall. There's going to be a, a lot to make with a coach making his debut at Nebraska, and uh, there's going to be position battles all over. But if this quarterback battle is legit, you got to assume that's going to steal the headlines, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's going to be one of the most intriguing and, and curiosity-seekers uh, spring game ever mm-hmm. because you, you don't know how all this is going to look and you have a lot of new uh, uh, faces. But I think the quarterback, because that's going to be the difference. You know, and, and, and then I'll be curious to see – what you do that puts you ahead of the other guys is simply you can run better. Um, your decision making is better. But I, but I think that'll be the number one story. But it could be a little weird in spring, guys, because we don't know, you know, what with the availability of Casey. We don't, we don't know if he's had his, his uh, surgery yet. There's a lot that we don't know. But I can tell you this: I don't. Casey Thompson's not going to go down quietly. I mean, he come to Nebraska as his dad has said. We didn't come here to watch. We came here to play. So. I, I think it'll be ramped up when he's fully healthy. And and, and and I hope the best man wins. And I hope whoever wins both will start a game in the 23 season is my prediction.
1: Yeah. History says someone gets smoked in the Big Ten and you got to go win a ball game with your backup. And uh, you're right about that. Gary Sharp with this Weekend Edition, Hale Varsity Radio. Sharpie, uh, we've spent a lot of time talking O-line and really liked the message that was sent by Coach Rule but he wants to do more than just make this aesthetically pleasing. He wants, he wants this talent to be developed on the offensive line and, and stuck up for the offensive line. What was your reaction to him uh, pretty much just saying, look, the O-line's not as bad as everyone says it is. What's your, what's your, uh, your take on that?
2: Well, I think it falls in line with you know why you keep uh, Donnie as the offensive line coach is you probably looked and said – I think there's some guys that are there. And first of all, you're not going to throw them under the bus because we just talked about quarterbacks and being a difference maker. The offensive line is the whole key to the success in 23 with what you want to be able to do. And I'm talking the whole team. So you don't want to throw guys under the bus right away. But, you know, and, and, and he's very uber confident, as we're all finding out, and he's going to be involved in offensive line, you know, creation and coaching and evaluation is, you know, I think he's putting it on his tab. But I think he, he, he's thinking that there will be a better sinking of the offensive line coach and the OC will be much better. And can that make a difference? Um, But, you know, he's he's put it out there. Uh, But I don't think he wanted to throw his guys under the bus and knows that they have to get better. Because all of us that have watched that line play over the last couple of years and especially last year, we know that they have to be better. They have to be better as a fivesome. There were some guys, some days were, were good. Three three guys were great, two guys were bad. They need to find a way to get all five on the same page. And so I think Rule is kind of managing that. But I also think he's, he's treading lightly before he gets to where he wants to go. But I also wonder, did he he make that kind of comment the other day, knowing that Ben Scott was already in a fold?
3: Sure. Gary Sharp is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. We, we talked a little bit about this last week, just wondering about the fate of folks like Kenny Wilhite and some others that have been a part of Nebraska's program in the background as like director of high school relations and kind of these uh, spots that aren't full-time staff. If you look at Huskers.com right now, Ron Brown's still listed as a senior offensive analyst. Kenny Wilhite is also still on there. Um, You even have Whipple's boy (laughs) still, still there. And those things can change, but you know, it, it appears like although he's bringing in a lot of new folks he is listening, and he is thinking about folks like Will Height, like Ron Brown, who's just provided a lot of value to Nebraska over the years. And at least as of now, it looks like they still have a spot. Is that reassuring to you?
2: Um, well, I think he, you know, I, when when Matt's putting together his staff, I think that's important to have a little bit of interior knowledge. Um, but he, I also think he looked at it, guys. Is here is my opportunity to have a fresh start, and it's not not you know any indicate you know. Um, those guys that are still there, I just, I I think they're all valuable. And I think they bring something from what they know about the landscape of Nebraska and how this whole thing operates. Um, So I hope he keeps as many of of those guys behind the scenes that have been so, so really good over the last few years. But I I don't know when this is all done because I, you know, we're not going to have the staff probably done until the middle of January. Um, Then will that mean all the other staff um, behind the scenes will be filled in as well. And maybe we'll get some answers then, Mark.
0: Well, Gary, while we're talking staff here, the news of the week: uh, Nebraska adding some some high school coaches to their to their ranks with uh, a guy coming in from Florida, a guy coming in from Texas, and we've yet to see a guy from Nebraska, but that could still be something that's, that's potential. What do you make of, of Matt Rule's additions of some high school coaches to his staff? Not something that is new to him in his history, but it is something that we haven't seen at Nebraska in a while.
2: Well, I think it's a, a great idea, and it, you know, Nebraska is not alone in doing this. And when you want to be strong in Florida, what do you do? find somebody that's either got a Florida connection. And I think Evan Cooper has got a great connection in Florida. And I think he's going to be a fantastic recruiter, guys, because I think we'll be able to see results. That's for another uh, conversation. But you go and you get a high school coach from Florida and Texas, two areas where you really know that you have to recruit well and you need relationships in there. And I will tell you, Bob Wager, who comes from Arlington, uh, he comes with high accolades, uh, really successful as a football coach, um, impactful with the Texas high school coaches, uh, and all of the, the student-athletes that he's had at his high school, the impact he's had on them away from the football field. So I, I think you're going to see kind of Matt Rule's plan when it comes to adding those guys. He knows he's always recruiting, and you could tell that on Wednesday. He's always recruiting. Well he, was t- well, he was laying out the 23 class. Remember, he was telling us about guys in 24 that he's, you know, that he's worked with or is on the horizon. Um, so he's always recruiting. And I think in this case, he's always recruiting by these two additions. But I think you're also going to find something else out. I think Matt Rule is going to be big with outside of football. You know, what can we do as a life experience to change your life while you're here? And that's, that's something I hear from uh, people in Texas that I reached out to and I asked about Bob Wager, and he said he's all of the above. Football, life, everything. He'll be a great addition in the office as someone that can chime in that also can help with the current roster. And guys have any issues instead of going straight to the head coach, they got a coach to talk to that can understand the their, their um, you know the problems they might be having.
1: Sharpie, it sounds like they got a quite a few talent evaluators and then guys that can can help people grow up and, and mature uh, up the road from you, not far, Iowa Western Community College national championship You have two of their interior linemen, Gonzo, uh, both programs, one to Auburn, I think one to Iowa. And do you anticipate Nebraska being better with landing some of the top JUCO talent that's just an hour, hour 15 away? That's been an ongoing issue. And we, we know Nebraska's done well in the Jayhawk League in the past with getting Kansas JUCO kids. But there's been a lot of dudes that have gone on to other programs that are in, in the league Yeah, you know, the, uh, from Iowa Western, and can, can that be fixed?
2: Well, well, it, you can tell that the staff does like to – they're okay recruiting junior college guys. They're fine with that. And, and I don't know if any of them have a connection to Iowa Western, but we've been saying this for a long time. Will Nebraska ever get a full scholarship guy out of Iowa Western? And, and I think over the last couple of years with Eric Chenander, Nebraska put more of an effort into recruiting Iowa Western. Um, they were going to practices, not just standing on the sidelines on games. They were going to practices. They got a couple of more visits out of there. Um, but the thing, you know, and, and, and Scott Strohmeyer is in a position where he can't choose favorites. Uh, I mean, he's got a wall chock full of guys that have gone on to play Power 5 football they are all over the country. Um, but, you know, Iowa recruits really well there. A majority of his roster is from the state of Iowa. Uh, Iowa State has always recruited well there. Um, Stroh told me at one time, you know, his, he got he developed a really, really really good relationship with Shenander, and he would give him a list of guys that say, "Hey, I know this guy can play in the Big Ten. You should look at him." And Nebraska did did more legwork in the last couple of years, um, but it remains to be seen. But it, I don't think Nebraska is ignoring Iowa Western. I just think they haven't had success and they haven't given like the big players they've gone after a reason to stay. 45 minutes away from where they went to junior college well you know they can go somewhere else that may be closer to home or a program that has a longer relationship with them but i would love to see it and i, I don't i don't think um you know scott is not shutting the door he, he would love for his program to be able to promote there's a guy playing down in nebraska and starting so we'll see um off their championship team they're they're going to lose a lot but they will be loaded again in 23 especially on defense
0: gary with with a new coaching staff coming in, a, a rebuild imminent. Are you surprised that Nebraska only went and picked up one Juco kid this cycle? That, that seems to be a hallmark of a rebuild is to go pick up Juco kids. But the transfer portal has changed that in recent years. So I want to get your take. Are you surprised that there's only one Juco kid in this class?
2: Not really, Elijah, because you're right. Uh, it, and it, I, I feel bad for the junior college player because there is a lot of talent in junior college football. Is The portal is probably the easier route to go because you can go, all right, he's already played at a power five level or a group of five levels, so he's played Division one college football. We can see him instead of going, well, what was he up against? Who was he playing against when Iowa Western was playing independent? So it's, it's kind of across the country, and it's really a concern to junior college coaches. But here's the thing. If you're a good football player, somebody will find you. I mean, how does a how does defensive tackle from that's going to Iowa Western and Council Bluffs Iowa end up in Hugh Freeze's class? If you're good, they'll find you. But a lot of people rely more on that portal than the junior college ranks. And and, and that's maybe something that the JUCOs have to uh, adjust to so that their really, really good talent doesn't get overlooked. But also look at some of the big recruiting classes. They found the junior college player that they wanted. So they're not entirely ignoring them.
3: Gary Sharp with us, Hale Varsity Radio. You know, you look at the hall that Nebraska just brought in, and there's going to be more. There's going to be more movement in January, another signing day coming up. Um, and then, of course, you get into spring and, you know, certain guys will see the riding on the wall and even some more transfers potentially in and out. If you look at the roster where it sits right now, what, what do you feel like, including the new additions, where do you feel like there's still some holes and that we could look for Nebraska to really augment that roster over the coming months?
2: I think wide receiver. Um, I, I don't, Mark, I mean, if you had a start today, is it Marcus Washington for sure who is your wide receiver one, or do you, do you have a wide receiver one on your roster? That's, where I, that's That's a place. And also, don't you think, guys, because of who you've lost and you weren't able to get in this class, I, I think Nebraska's got to get a tight end. I, I think they're really, really young in that room, and you don't know where Fedoni is at in terms of you know, ready to go, you know, where, what his mindset is. So I think wide receiver and tight end are, are some key spots and inside linebacker. I think those are three areas that Nebraska, you know, they have to continue to address. And then the fourth would be we always want more offensive line depth. Um, I like the high school hall, but those guys are probably two to three years away from really being a solid Big Ten lineman.
0: Yeah, Gary, well, what's your uh, your take on the, the Ben Scott addition from Arizona State yesterday? He seems like a guy that's going to be a ready-made starter at Nebraska, and I think that means Nebraska probably has three spots along the offensive line Setting—I don't want to call it stone, but maybe drying cement for next year. So, uh, what's your take on the Ben Scott edition?
2: Well, I think Ben should have some speaks with his mom, and I know his mom is excited. She's from Columbus, Uh, but but mom's got mom can't be breaking news for you on Facebook. I mean, that's that's your thing. (laughs) So so I think it's going to be uncomfortable around the Christmas table. Um, I think you know mom took away his thunder, Uh, but he you know if if you think about where it was, talk about like saving a recruiting class or closing. Rule, I mean, everybody thought he was going to Auburn. I mean, people at Auburn thought Ben Scott was locked and loaded with them, and he ends up at Nebraska after kind of going quiet for the last week. You know, he's a guy that can come in, and he probably takes care of your center spot for the next two years. He's already played Power 5 football. Physically, he looks like he can walk in, be refined a little bit, but he's ready to go. But I think the man in the middle settling that down is huge. And then, Elijah, as you were alluding to, you have have Teddy and you have Noelle. Now, just remember – Teddy has never played a full season. We know what we think we have there and what can be, but he hasn't played a full season. So you have to be careful there. And then Noel, he hasn't played football in a year. But if those guys can come back and they don't miss a beat, um, then you have three of your five spots locked down. And then you have some guys that are like, okay, I've played a lot of football here. Where do I fit in? But it's it's a really good addition for Nebraska because it's one of those rare offensive line additions where we can look at him and go, you know what? He's going to be a starter. I don't think we did that with Kevin Williams and Hunter Anthony last year.
1: Gary Sharp, Sharpie, uh, Merry Christmas, happy holidays to you and your fam. Thank you for jumping on with us this morning, man, and enjoy your, your holiday time. Okay, bud?
2: Hey, great stuff, guys. I always appreciate it. Have a, a wonderful Christmas and a, a happy new year. And there's, uh, there's hope on the horizon for 23, it appears.
1: Absolutely, man. Take care. We'll talk next year. Appreciate Gary Sharp with us. Unhail Varsity Weekend Edition presented by Currency, Mark Kranak, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt. Guys, we'll uh, we'll talk here uh, in a bit, as in uh, 2023, all right? Kranak, enjoy yeah, your yeah. time with family, brother. Love you guys, and uh, thanks to you too, Elijah. We'll talk to you next time. Get the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Give us a rating, por favor, or uh, just check things out as well on the Hail Varsity uh, YouTube channel. Get that subscription, HaleVarsity.com backslash offer. We'll talk to you next year with Hail Varsity. Thanks.